Hey guys, this is Jeff Stanick with Figured Out Baseball. We've got a great Figured Out Baseball podcast for you today in our series that we call the Real Dirt Podcasts, where we spend the whole time, the whole podcast, getting our hands dirty into one particular topic, one particular subject, whereas in our, our standard longer podcasts, the free podcasts, we will jump around to a bunch of different topics. In this podcast today, this Real Dirt podcast, we're being joined by Daniel Perez. He's the pitching coach at Hillsborough Community College, a junior college in Tampa, Florida. And we're going to be talking about maximizing our bullpens. So this is particularly for the pitcher and pitching coaches uh, and talking about bullpens in season as opposed to out of season, you know, bullpens that will be leading up to the regular season. We're talking about during the season how a starting pitcher can use his bullpen to get better, how a relief pitcher can use his bullpens to get better, and really the uh, some of the focuses that, that players could have during those bullpens. And if you haven't checked out the Figured Out website in the past, I would encourage you to do that in addition to this podcast. Coach Perez, for example, has a bunch of videos on the website that uh, go through anything from pitching mechanics to the mental side of the game, uh, which I think are, are two really cool subjects for that sort of crossover, certainly, and maybe that might be a podcast in uh, in the future. But for this podcast today, again, we're being joined by Daniel Perez, and we'll be talking about maximizing your bullpen. So, Coach Perez, I sincerely appreciate you joining us on the podcast today. Thank you for having me, Jeff. I appreciate it. So I kind of just want to start very general and then get a little more specific as we go. If we're talking about maximizing your bullpen, to me the first place to start would be what your goals might be coming into a bullpen. So can you talk a little bit and give some examples of real actual goals and intentions that pitchers have. Uh, and one of the things I think we want to stay away from, and part of the reason for having this, is what you don't want is just to go into a bullpen. You're going th- to throw a 25-pitch bullpen, and there's not much thought into it. You just kind of go in there and, and just go through the motions, and then you don't get a whole lot better. What we're trying to do is, is talk about how to get better. So can you give us some real-life examples of, of things that your pitchers might work on uh, in a bullpen session during the season? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I think you hit it on the head that you, the the first requirement is is to have a goal going into the bullpen and and um, and you know not just not just going through the motions like you said because I don't think that translates into game. Um, it doesn't translate into into competition well. So um, yeah, we have we have a focus um, or a goal in mind for every single bullpen that we that we throw. Um, I'll usually have a conversation with uh, with each pitcher about what they think they need to work on, and I'll give my input about what I think they need to get better at um, before we before we come up with that goal. But that goal is determined before the first pitch is thrown. Um, but for me, regardless, always uh, number one goal is always going to be fastball command. Um, fastball command is king. Uh, I mean, I'm. You know, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know there, but for us, uh, fastball command is is the first priority, regardless of what else we're working on. So um, a lot of the times the way we set up our bullpens is kind of a location progression, if you will. So um, we'll start out with two fastballs to the glove side um, to kind of get them to reach out, um, and then two fastballs to their arm side, and then we'll go two fastballs elevated, and then we'll go on to our off-speed pitches after that. And when I say two to each spot, um, it's it's not hit or miss. It's you have to hit that spot twice in a row in order to move on uh, to the next uh, to the next uh, location. Uh, the way I the way I think.
about it is that's really my way of reinforcing um, establishing the fastball, right? Because if we go into a game and you cannot uh, establish your fastball and locate it to each side of the plate and elevate it on command, uh, then you're probably not going to be in the game very long, and that's just the truth of the matter. You won't really have a chance to go to your off-speed pitches. So, um, so we force you to to if if you take up tw- all 25 pitches working on fastball location, then so be it. Because obviously, that's how much time you needed to take to get to get that down. So, um, it's almost earning the right to go to your off-speed pitches. Uh, you know, and and you do that by hitting each spot at least twice in a row, the, the way I look at it is, hey, if I hit, you know, if I hit fastball glove side twice in a row to start my bullpen, I already know I can put that pitch in my back pocket. I've got it, right? I've got that for the rest of my bullpen. In game, I've got that in my in my back pocket. I can go back to that whenever, right? Because I already know that I can get to that spot. Um, so that's how we start all of our bullpens. After that, uh, we'll go, we'll start getting into what, whatever emphasis or focus we had agreed on um, after we've established the fastball command to all, to all sides of the plate and up and down. So once we've done that, we move on to the, to the, uh, to our goal for the day. Um, And and really let's say you're a three pitch guy. Um, It's not always going to be fastball and then you go to breaking ball and then you go to change up or, or other way around. It's going to be once you establish the fastball, now we're going to go to, what we really feel we need to work on the most that's going to eat up the rest of our bullpen okay so um so if that's landing your breaking ball for a strike then that's what we're going to spend the rest of the bullpen on um or at least until we feel comfortable with it to move on to our to our third pitch um so so we really want to make sure that that after that fastball is is uh is established we're spending the rest of the time um, on what we agreed is our our main focus for the day um and usually that's an intent type thing um i try not to get too mechanical in season um but we will if we see some small mechanical flaw that we think can be easily fixed with maybe one cue word or one trigger word um that can kind of remind them to reset and, and and fix that then we will have a a mechanical goal in bullpen as well um, as long as it's not something that's that's super super complicated or very uh, in depth to where they're going to be overanalyzing their their body. I, I don't think that this is too far off topic, but I think it's worth talking about. You said just kind of at the beginning of the answer that you're not telling me anything I don't know as far as trying to establish fastball command. But to be honest, that kind of sounds contrary to what you hear a lot of times, even like in the big leagues. It's like now, I forget who wrote it. It was somebody that's one of the major league baseball guys who's like in the know type of thing, like a Carl Ravitch type or or like Adam, somebody uh, – I can't remember who it was, and it was, I don't think it was, I don't know who it was, but it was something like they, they talked to a few GMs, maybe you saw this tweet go around too, and the GMs were saying, like, we're not pitchers, we're just throwers, like, and it's leading to more injuries, but it just seem, kind of seems like, generally speaking, that fastball command is not that big of a deal in the major leagues. Like, guys are just trying to throw as hard as they can with as much spin and as much movement as possible in, like, fastball location is not that important, except for the guys that are, like, older you like like throwing you know ninety to ninety two instead of you know ninety five to ninety eight type of deal. So so you still do work on like I mean fastball command is still king for you 
in bullpens and just with all of your pitchers in general? Like that's still your main number one focus with your guys. Absolutely, absolutely. Regardless of of what um, of what other flaws or what other things that we feel we need to work on, we criteria number one is locating your fastball to both sides of the plate. In my opinion, um, you know that's almost like the prerequisite course, right? Like like you can't you can't work on uh, you don't you don't get the right to to take you know to take a four hundred level class. Uh, before you've passed the 100 level class, well, you, you got to earn the right to throw your off-speed pitches in the bullpen as well, in my opinion. And, and the way to do that is to is to to prove to me that you can locate your fastball um, to each side of the plate and to and to elevate it whenever you want to as well. And I think too, um, you know, at the major league level, uh, there's you know there's a little bit more room for error when your fastball tops out at, at 98, 99, um, and you know and and it's spinning, you know, at 2,600, and it's, um, you know, it's got that life to it. I- I'll be the first to admit that I think there is a little bit more room for error at that level, um, where you can miss your spot a little bit and, and and get away with it because your stuff is just that good. So I think that's why um, I think that's why velocity is important, and I think that's why when you have really really good stuff, you can afford to miss your spot, um, you know, a little bit more and still and still be successful. But, you know, at the high school, the college level, um, you know, the, the group, the guys that I work with, you know, we have we have a lot of very talented arms with good stuff. But, um, you know, we're not major leaguers and and we still have to really, really, really focus on uh, on on getting the fastball um, to each part of the plate on command um, if we really want to be successful. That's really great stuff. So, Danny, if I go into a bullpen with an intent of I need to work on my breaking ball. I, I wasn't really able to locate it, whether it's for a called strike or a swinging strike or, or whatever, and I've got to work on that. If it takes me, I don't know, eight to ten pitches to locate my fastball enough that I can move on to my breaking ball, am I legitimately going to throw 15 straight breaking balls? Do you still like mix in a fastball to sort of like reset? Um, just, just kind of curious with that because I know sometimes – and I'm not a pitching coach, nor do I pretend to be. Uh, but sometimes when a guy throws one pitch like too many times in a row, they might, you know, lose a little bit of arm speed or or just like, uh, I don't know, lose a little bit of something. And sometimes a, a good fastball can maybe reset some things for a guy. Uh, d- does that happen at all? Or, again, if I if it takes me 10 pitches to move past my fastball progression and get to the breaking ball, am I going to throw 15 straight potentially? Like you said, you kind of spend the rest of that bullpen working on what needs to be worked on. No, it's definitely not. Yeah, it definitely won't be 15 straight. Um, so basically what we'll do is we'll kind of follow that same progression with the breaking ball. So we'll go two, two breaking balls for strike, and then we'll go two breaking balls simulating an 0-2 count, right? So we're trying to trying to reach out and get it to our glove side. Um, and so obviously with lefties, that's a way to a lefty. Um, with righties, that's that's a way to a, to a, uh, to a righty. And, and we'll do two for strike, two 0-2 count breaking balls. Um, and really, when we're in bullpen, instead of trying to, um, you know, trying to make some mechanical change, I think the easiest thing to do is to adjust your sights, right? So I want you to throw the same exact pitch when you're throwing it first strike. I want you to throw the same exact uh, breaking ball or slider when you're going 0-2, right? When you're looking for a swing and miss, you don't have to try harder. You don't have to change anything. All we're doing is changing where we started. So we're picking a point 
where we're starting that pitch and we're and we're letting we're you know we're letting the spin you know do the rest of the work so um once we you know once we've landed it twice for a strike and we landed it twice for an out pitch then we start getting into uh simulating a hitter right so now we we may simulate two batters to to complete your bullpen and ideally we have somebody standing in um the way we we set up our practices we'll usually have a group um of of bp uh for specifically tracking pitches so it works great for them it works great for us so once we've you know located the fastball we've located the breaking ball now we can see how that works um you know with somebody standing in there so now we might go if i'm a righty we might go fastball you know fastball arm side to get up in up and in on the hands and then we'll go back to that breaking ball off the plate and um and i think that's where we really can kind of see um you know is it going to translate in your next outing because like you said if, you know, if I throw a you know a breaking ball 15 times, yeah, I might start landing it eventually. But but you know, obviously, I'm not going to have 15 you know chances to land it um, you know in a game. So and, and like you said, the, the arm might slow down. I might just start spinning them just to get them over, um, and, and you know it might lose some sharpness. So you know, so once we've gone through our location progressions and we've earned the right to to get a couple batters in there that's when we're really starting to kind of focus in on, okay, you know, Hey, if I'm, if I'm struggling to, to land my breaking ball, all right, let's pick a point. Let me throw it at the hitter's elbow and, and, and let it, you know, let it land for a strike. And then if I'm going to back it up, okay, let me get my side from my catcher. And I, now I'm going to start it at his mask and let it work off the plate. And, and I'll even ask in the middle of a bullpen, Hey, you know, whoever, whoever's in the box, Hey, would you have swung at that? And if they tell me, yeah, honestly, I probably would have swung and started as a strike. Okay, then we're good. That's instant feedback. We're good. We know that that was a good out pitch, right? Or nah, you know what? I'm probably taking that right out of the hand. Okay, then hey, you know, now I can tell my pitcher. Now we got to start that ball a little bit farther over the plate because I need him to make a decision on every pitch, right? Um, so I think when the when the hitter steps in, that's when we get most of our work done, right? That's when we're really, really um, seeing. Uh, how each pitch is working in the zone and, you know, what's going to have success when you get back out there in game and what's not. Um, and, and that's why I think it's so important to have guys stand in for those, for those bullpens because it just makes it more game-like. Danny, do you, will you ever go to a bullpen with more than one goal or do you think that bullpens in season are too short? Just say, for example, I had an outing and I really struggled with my breaking ball, but I also really struggled with my changeup. I didn't even feel like I had my changeup. I threw one or two, and I scrapped it. But my breaking ball also wasn't very good, and I got hit around. Do I go to the next bullpen working on more than one thing, or is is there just not enough pitches in a bullpen to have more than one goal? I think, I think that you can. Um, we do sometimes have, hey, you know, ideally, the goal is for you to get through each pitch, uh, you know, location progression, to where you can throw all of your pitches in every bullpen. And that's more, more times than not, that's the case. We're throwing all of our pitches in our bullpens and, and we're, and we're mixing them up in our sequences when we have the hitter in and when we're simulating hitters. Um, because if you don't have all three, then, then you're probably going to struggle. So, so yeah, we're not, uh, you know, we're never really skipping a pitch in a bullpen, but I will say this, um, we can have, you know, I like to have a different emphasis on each day. So, I may have a, um, you know, I may mix in another short box before your next outing if you're a starter, where 
you know, it's a little bit less intent. Um, you know, it's not your full bullpen day, but you can still work on getting some feel for your off speed. And, and so maybe, you know, maybe your big emphasis on your bullpen day was your breaking ball, but you want to, you want to get a little bit of extra work on your changeup the following day or the day before your bullpen. Um, we, we throw changeups every day as well. Um, we make changeups part of our catch play. So basically when guys are working their way back in and they're, and they're pulling the ball down with their fastball, we do some, some shuffle changeups with every, with every day that we're playing catch. Um, because I think that the changeup is such a field pitch. Um, you know, I personally, in my opinion, think it's easier to teach a, a breaking ball than it is to teach a changeup. Changeup is something that you really, really have to find the right grip, um, find what's comfortable for you and really, really learn to trust it. So for me, I think, I think it's something that you have to throw every day. And I like throwing it at 90 to 120 feet to where you can just really let it go and let the grip do the work. Whereas when you're, you know, you're throwing it up close, you may be a little bit more timid or you may not trust it as much. Well, now if I can throw it at 90 or 120 feet, um, and I really start to feel it off my fingertips and it's feeling good. It's coming out good. Now I can just keep that same arm action and keep that same, that same feel and just start working in slowly to work in closer. So, um, so yeah, to answer your question, I think we can have, we can be working on more than one thing at a time in each bullpen. But, um, I, I would say that you can use your days not on the mound. Uh, to get feel for certain pitches that will allow you to focus on something else even more in your bullpen. Um, but, I mean, that being said, obviously, you want to throw everything off the mound as well. And we try to get off the mound, um, you know, as much as possible uh, while we're regulating the, the effort levels to make sure that your arm is holding up. Talk to me about different types of bullpens. You've mentioned a short box uh, and maybe you can explain that briefly to maybe anybody who doesn't know what that is. I only know what it is because I've seen, you know, college pitching coaches do it. I don't think I knew what it was in high school. I don't, I don't think I, ever, I don't know if I ever heard that term until I got to college. But uh, there's a there's a short box. There obviously just full bullpens off the mound. Um, any any other types of bullpens that your guys are throwing? And again, maybe you can give a little shed a little light on what a short box looks like. Yeah. So um, I honestly, you know, I used to be a huge flat ground guy. I have not gotten away from it completely um, because we only have two mounts to work with so you know we have you know 12 to 14 guys that are trying to get work in so um, you know so I'm, I have not gone away from flat grounds completely but I will say something that that I've learned over the course of the last you know year or two is guys want to get off the mound as much as possible um, and but obviously you know you and I both know that they can't throw bullpens every single every single off day or every single day in between their outings. So um, I think the short box is a, is a great way to get them on the rubber, have them working down that slope, um, allow them to get feel for you know for each pitch off of the mound. Um, I think it translates a little bit better than flat ground. So basically, what we do is just have the catcher come up, um, either sit either squat on the plate or about a foot or two in front of the plate. Um, and now you're throwing at about 50 feet as opposed to 60. Um, a couple of things it does for me, it helps regulate the, the effort level because um, if you're at 60 feet, six inches, it's, it's, it's tough to, to pull the reins back on a guy. Um, you know, they're going to want to let it eat. They're going to want to make that breaking ball as sharp as it can possibly be. And that's good because you want these guys to go out and compete. 
um, and you want that competitive nature in them. So, so you like that. But I think the short box, bringing the catcher up, is a good way to to lower the effort level, really focus on on, on getting feel for the pitch, right, and letting it, you know, letting the breaking ball, uh, you know, making sure the breaking ball has true spin, or letting the change up roll off the fingers nice and easy, and and, and kind of feeling that, getting more comfortable with it, um, while you're not throwing it at a hundred percent, and. The other thing, too, it, it does for me is it helps you get down in the zone because if I can be down in the zone from 50 feet, then I know that I can be down in the zone at 60 you know, sixty feet, 6 inches. So um, that's the biggest way for us to work on things when we are not trying to tax the arm too much. And it's, <clears throat> excuse me, and it's another way to get, get our guys off the mound as much as possible in between starts without, without um, you know, without wearing them out. So that leads me to my next question about the effort level uh, of bullpens. Is there you, – you've mentioned there are times when you're not going to go 100%. Are there times when your guys are throwing 100% effort? Do you want guys to throw with 100% effort as much as possible? Do you feel like there's a benefit to to either or? Like do you, do you prefer bullpens at a little less than max effort for any particular – guys again maybe a reliever who might pitch or, or, or might pitch sooner or whatever if i'm a, if i'm a first year pitching coach let me just add, let me say it, let me phrase it this way if i'm a high school coach high school head coach and i've been a hitting coach my whole life but now just because it's high school and you have lack of options i'm going to be the pitching coach how do i know what intention what what intent to ask my players for in a particular bullpen and how often should i ask them to go basically at 100% effort level yeah it's funny that you bring that up because i had this conversation with one of my pitchers this year um he was one of our starters and he he was a big you know touch and feel guy right so he most of his bullpens were 75% it was it was a touch and feel and and this is how I'm working on things, and I, you know, I kind of let him be, um, and he ended up having a, a lot of success this year. Um, me personally, I like to have, I like to have at least half of the bullpen with with 100% effort. So let's say when you're going through your pitch progressions, um, you're going through your location progressions. You know, you might be at 75%. You're still getting your feel for all your pitches, but like the way we 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 set up our bullpens, by the time you're simulating those two hitters at the end of your bullpen, and you got a guy standing in there. I want to see. I want to see you let it go, um, and I think there's that sliding scale where, hey, you might, you know, if you're going to throw 40 pitches in the pen today, then it better not be at more than 75 percent. But if we're going to go, you know, 20 to 25 pitches, then you can kind of, then you can kind of up up the intensity a little bit. So I think there's a little bit of a of a sliding scale between number of pitches and the intent of those pitches. Um, but I would like to see. Um, at least, you know, at least 10 to 12, um, you know, ideally 15 pitches where you're really letting it go. And we're seeing how each pitch is going to work with a batter in the box at full, uh, full intensity. Uh, because that, at the end of the day, in my opinion, is what's going to transfer into, um, into the game. So it's kind of uh, finding a balance between, you know, between making sure that you have enough intensity to to make sure it's going to translate, but also not taxing the arm um, too much. And I think the short box helps a lot where, hey, if I want to work on some stuff and not um, and not go 100%, okay, then maybe this is a good short box day for you. Um, but when your arm's ready to go full bullpen, 
all right, then you should be ready to let it eat a little bit, you know? Uh, short, maybe a short answer for this one as we're, we're down to our last few minutes, but I, I definitely want to ask this for a, is the, is the benefit of throwing a flat ground that you just have a little less stress on the arm because you're not throwing downhill or is there another benefit to throwing a flat ground? I think the, I think the other benefit to throwing a flat ground is let's say if you're leaving all your pitches up, your pitches aren't quite as sharp. Um, you know, it's going to make you work that much harder to, to, to reach out and, and work down in the zone. Um, you know, obviously the, the, the mound is going to help you. The slope of the mound is going to help you um, work downhill and get down in the zone. So um, if you're struggling to do that, then, you know, you get on a flat ground. Now your body has to work that much harder to reach out and, and you know, and, and finish and get over that front side and work, you know, mid-shin to knee. Um, and if you can do that in flat ground, uh, which is obviously going to be a little bit tougher, but if you can do it in flat ground, then then you should be able to uh, you should be able to do that with that slope and working down the you know working down the the mound. So, last question I'm going to ask you, Coach Perez, um, is just about most of most of the conversation so far has been about intent uh, in the mound on the mound during your bullpens and kind of fixing up something that hasn't been working you you touched really briefly on it but I but I I want to just ask you a little more pointedly about making physical adjustments in the season or during the season are you ever spending your time to save a 25 pitch bullpen and you kind of said we're going to work on whatever you're struggling with if the struggle was just was something mechanical that's happening that you want to try to 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 correct or like maybe something has been going fine but then just you know one outing like hey this was kind of happening you know i saw this this uh happening to you to your mechanics in this game i i haven't seen that to this point but i saw it last game let's work on that to make sure we can get you back where you were make sure we don't lose it and it goes the other direction uh, will you spend bullpens where the intent the the whole focus is on the physical adjustment because as a as a hitting coach to me you've either got if you're going to focus on mechanics you you kind of you don't want to necessarily want to want to spend your practice time hitting off a machine that's throwing 92 because then all your focus has to be on hitting 92 and trying to square it up like if you're going to work on um a physical adjustment or something mechanical you you probably want to be off of a tee or front toss where you can focus more on your 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 body and something that's happening uh, with your something's happening mechanically as opposed to again having to focus on hitting a a 92 mile per hour moving pitch. How is it with pitchers? You know, will you work on um, mechanical adjustments in season? Can that be the focus of a bullpen where it doesn't necessarily it's not as important as much of like commanding the ball because I imagine you can't focus on commanding and mechanics it's got to be like one or the other am i right or is that something that's a little different with pitching and hitting yeah no i agree with you i mean i think for me um it depends on how major the mechanical tweaking is uh, for instance like like we recruit uh, arm arm action right if i really like your arm action then then i'm really probably not going to mess with that when you you know when you get to 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 hcc um you know i something like arm um, if I just told you to go pick up a ball and throw it however you naturally without any instruction picked up that ball and threw it that's probably your natural arm action so I'm not going to mess with something like that you know when we have guys they've been doing that you know they've been throwing a baseball like that for you know 16 years however long it is and 
that is obviously what got them to this point, and that's what feels natural for them. In the middle of a season, I'm probably not going to mess with that arm action. I think that's something that takes so much um, repetition and so much muscle memory that's going to take a long time uh, before uh, a change in arm action feels comfortable. So I'll wait until the offseason for something that major uh, because I don't want you – you know, thinking about that when, when you're in a game. Um, so, you know, for me, those major changes have to wait till the off season. Um, because, you know, when the way we think about it on game day, we don't talk about mechanics. You're not going to get better on game day. You got to go out with what you have and you got to go compete and get outs. So, um, minor tweaking, you know, in between starts or in between outings, I'm, I like, um, it's just gotta be something where I can give you one cue or one trigger word that will help you to reset. Maybe it's your front side, or maybe it's staying back over the rubber a little bit longer. Something that you can say, okay, yeah, that's a quick cue. I can do that. I can, you know, I can fix that pretty easy, and 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 that'll be it. I try to keep it as simple as possible in season because I know within a matter of days you got to go back out and you got to compete and get outs. Um, and and the other thing I was going to tell you is that we also have, like, I always set a a day specifically for dry work usually it's the day or the second day after a starter's outing right or if we just burned a bullpen arm because he had an extended um extended outing in the bullpen and he's not going to throw the following day or fall or the day after that that's a great time for me to say okay well you've got at least three or four days till your next outing this is a dry work day right so we're going to get the sock or we're going to get the towel um and we and you know some people don't like towel drills nowadays but I still think there's something that you can get out of it to where let me get that re- that repetition, that muscle memory of whatever mechanical cue I need to work on um, without taxing my arm too much. Like that a lot. This is Daniel Perez, everybody. He's the pitching coach at Hillsborough Community College, Junior College in Tampa, Florida. Uh, we've been talking about maximizing your bullpens. If you have any other questions for us, you can always reach out uh, to either Figured Out Baseball. You can get us on any of the social media platforms. You can also email us at info at figuredoutbaseball.com. And if you want to get in touch with Coach Perez, we can certainly put you in touch if you have any specific questions. And, again, I hope you'll check out uh, Danny Perez's videos on the Figured Out Baseball website. He's got a ton of stuff for you there um, a lot of it's free there is some of the premium section and hopefully more to come uh, coach Perez this has been great I've really appreciated it and uh, and very much enjoyed it and I've learned a couple things from you in this podcast so I really appreciate your time today I appreciate you having me on here and uh, and I appreciate everything you do the website's awesome um, it's it's really really good thing you know putting as much information as you're putting out there so um, I'm really happy that I can be a part of it